Welcome to another episode of More Than Therapy. Today's guest is Valerie DeLogo. 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 Valerie is a marriage and family therapist and a dating and relationship coach. She is passionate about helping people love and be loved. She helps women date and the patriarchy and helps couples learn practical and actionable relationship skills so their relationships flourish. Valerie's talks and teachings are all colored with humor and vulnerability. Today, we're going to talk about Stop that toxic shit before that shit starts. <laughs> you probably say, damn, Blue, we ain't really heard you cuss before. But remember, in our last broadcast, we said we're going to start being our authentic self. And what's more authentic than using your true languages in expressive ways that you enjoy them? You know that you can use the word motherfucker 5,000 different ways and have, have that many different meanings. Yes, you can ask Cedric Jackson about that. Anyways, <laughs> yes. Valerie, Valerie, please tell the listening and watching audience about you before we get into our very titillating topic. <laughs> yes, you set us up very well. Um, I would like a recording of um, that song you made for my last name. No one's ever gone there before, and I really like it as like a reggae jam. Uh yeah, as you said, I'm a marriage and family therapist, I'm a dating and relationship coach, and I want to help people to love and be loved. It's tough. Where do we learn this stuff? I was just talking to some friends today, like, where do we learn this stuff? And so uh, there's just lots of applicable, easy to use tools, skills that um can help us feel better in love. So that's what I do. Indeed. I hear the word narcissism thrown a lot. Like, yeah. way too much. Like, what is... Now then, I don't want to put you on the spot now. We can pause and, <laughs> sure. pause and pick up our book sure. and read it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is the definition Google of narcissism. Of nar- no, you got to give me every attribute that makes it DSM classifiable, but give me some attributes that we would define as narcissism. Sure. Right, and I, I love that you're you're wanting to be your more authentic, just you know, everyday self on your on your podcast. So I love that. Um, and sometimes, fucker is the best <laughs> the best way to describe how someone's acting. So sometimes people are just you know being assholes. And sure, I'm glad that we're talking about narcissism because it is a personality disorder. It is a way of being in the world that is really makes it difficult for this person to have healthy uh, relationships. Um, and usually affects all areas of their life, but there's um, a real lack of empathy, a lack of um, taking responsibility for their own actions. There's a lot of defensiveness, right? Um, to taking responsibility for their own actions, like never their fault, right? Um, and dilute, there could be delusions of grandeur, feeling like they deserve um, uh, to be treated better than other people on a certain elevated level. And, uh, <clears throat> um, oh, there's one more I was just thinking about, but, um, yeah, the, the, the difficulties in relationships, um, it's really, it's really hard. So, I mean, just like self-care, right? A, a lot of things that companies are trying to sell us maybe aren't real self-care, right? Uh, so I'm glad the word is out there. Uh, there's a lot of gaslighting that has to do, like they might talk you, um, out of believing something that you are saying uh oh i i know the other one um um was about yep responsibility so taking responsibility uh for their actions so oh and sorry uh, the other one was that usually life revolves around them i think that's that is Oh, I just lost your audio. I'm sorry. So we could probably say that every little kid is probably narcissistic to some degree, right? Me, 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 me. 
<laughs> no, right. And then you're supposed to grow out of that, right? Where, right, right, um, right. where you're developing your sense of self, right? Mm. Like babies don't realize that they're a separate person from their parents. So right. when they start going, that's mommy's coat that's no that's daddy's coat they're mm. not trying to be little brats they're like showing the, <laughs> they're showing their development yeah um indeed, indeed. but in a relationship if you if 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 that resonates with you then um yeah if the relationship is really revolving around one person like i had a client that said i felt like he was the he was the sun and i was just a planet revolving around him yeah that's a kind of toxic, right? <laughs> Sad that she had to have that experience, but he was the sun, and she was the planet revolving around him. But then she really, Every- thought, she really thought high of herself. well and then oh yeah so then then we can go right then we'll go into in into uh maybe some of the systems right that uh that contribute to the parts we play gender roles being in the patriarchy i talk about helping women date in the patriarchy because it's that right like that's a certain there's a certain situation going on there uh and just women feeling powerless or feeling like maybe the 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 man has all the control or um that they're the one that needs to be like they need to please him right so how do you find you know how do you find your power your um your yourself your choice in those situations right when people come into your practice with these relationship issues do you find that narcissism is a one of the core foundational issues that me, 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 world revolve around Mm me, I'm the sun, you're an earth or better yet a Venus, the love planet, (laughs) circling around me, making me feel good about myself. Mm -hmm. And when you get too close, I just burn too hot, baby. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you know, I'd say, and thankfully, right, that that, that personality disorder, isn't the isn't the largest portion of of problems i see i think the biggest but i think connected to it and i know we said you know stop this toxic shit before it starts the the biggest thing that i can that i see and and what i can kind of even just if i can speak speak to your listeners your viewers is centering yourself as sort of the the kryptonite um, to try and sort of stop or, or, or the, the vitamins you take to, to try and, um, to ward off toxic relationships. So if you are centering yourself and what you need, then you really can't be, you know, a moon that job is just to circle someone else's orbit, right? It's just, it's just not going to work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The audio, <laughs> it's been a day. That's what I, I've heard. It's been a day around the more than therapy world. So I was just reflecting and just in silence about <laughs> how I see a lot of these relationships and they have like that high component of narcissism. Those that end in domestic violence. I get a lot of clients that have been impacted by trauma. And of course this trauma, a lot of times, not only comes from their childhood, but in dohood in which they might say, oh, he was a narcissistic. And then she named the traits that make her believe that's the case. And I was like, yeah, I can't diagnose him, but that sounds about right. <laughs> right. I, I, right. And I'm not, right. I'm not, you know, your therapist can't diagnose someone else. It's not their client. But I do say, well, you are describing some symptoms that, and, and the diagnosis maybe it for me and you isn't as important as to how are you going to, you know, what do you need to do? Right. What, what are, what are you and I going to do? Or how, how do you interact with someone that maybe is showing certain signs or symptoms or behaviors? Right. Yeah. I think I, I see a lot of clients who have a hard time prioritizing themselves and checking in on themselves. And I don't know, um, 
you know, I can only speak maybe from, from sort of a, a, a female gendered, if we're talking about the binary, right? Like, um, uh, people that are socialized as women, um, we're sort of taught to be caretakers and, and uh, a lot of our worth is found in who we're taking care of and who we're making happy. And so the thought of centering yourself when you're looking for love or when you're in a relationship, well, first of all, is not, is not uh, always rewarded, right? People don't always like it when we start to prioritize ourselves and say, what do I need? How does this feel um, before we make a decision and, and consider other people? And so that's a big, that's one of the first places I start. I've had, cause I've had clients walk in and talk about a date they're on and how they didn't, you know, let's say like how close the guy was sitting or how much he was touching her on a first date. And she just kept talking about how, uh, she wanted to make sure he didn't get upset with her. And I said, well, how did you feel about it? Did you like it? Did it feel good? And, you know, her eyes just like something clicked. And she said, you know, not once did I think about how, what I wanted or how I felt about it. I was just thinking about him. And so in those situations, sure, that can set us up for sort of becoming that moon that revolves around someone else or resentment uh, creeps in because we are not taking care of ourselves. And, and eventually that'll start to rise in a relationship. Indeed, indeed. And our culture thinks that centering ourselves is selfish. And so that's, that's another, I think we put that on our little ticker, like centering yourself is not selfish. No, no, not by any means. It's but even as I say it, I have to admit, even as I say it, it sounds selfish. And I know that I have to fight against that. Right. It's like we're conditioned to think a certain way or feel a certain way. And that, you know, especially those in the helping field, they're like, you know, help, help, mm -hmm. help. And let's focus on us, which is why a lot of us fall into burnout because we didn't properly address our wellness. And that's, that's one of the fallacies of being in the helping field. But back to narcissism, Mm -hmm. they were charming as fuck at first. It's funny how like they put on all the charm in the beginning. They, they're, they're, you're Prince Charming and you're the Cinderella and he takes your little glass shoe and puts it in your foot. Why would you want to walk around in a glass shoe? That just sounds like a, a recipe for <laughs> A trouble. recipe for disaster. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Sound like you want your foot cut up the little pieces, but I digress. <laughs> and then, you know, slowly, you know, they start to change. I remember one time I was reflecting on a relationship I had. And I was like, people show you who they are pretty early on. We just have to pay attention to the clues. And sometimes we'll say something to the effect of, oh, they, this is temporary, or oh, they won't always act like this, or they're just going through something. I'm sure I showed them enough love, or I showed them enough care. If I showed them I won't leave them despite this, they'll grow out of it and become better. And then we set ourselves up to be in these relationships that often hurt us in the end. Amen. <laughs> I I tell people this is the advice I give. I say the stuff in the be that's that are issue the stuff in the beginning of your relationship will be the stuff in your relationship. And I don't know if you see from from your side of the street if if you think if you think men do this as much as I think women do it, but you know, we'll get with our girlfriends and like, you know, oh, well, he did this, but maybe it was because of the this and well maybe because of that and just like you said we we don't have context yet and we and if we're interested or if we have a need or if we're just like please pick me because I, I I can't be alone then we we start to rationalize and I think in in, in genuine good naturedness we try to give people the benefit of the doubt but um, I think it was Maya Angelou right that said uh, when people show us who they are we need to listen and 
I, <laughs> I've started to, I've started to explain it like this. I'm like, look, you pretend that you're on safari, you're in the jungle, you're somewhere, and you got your little notebook, and you're trying. You've seen a new species, and you don't know, right? You don't know anything about this new species. You really need to get confirmation. Wait, did he just dig a hole before he ate his food? <laughs> you know, did he really just use his right paw to scratch and then this? You know, and and just not what you want it to be, right? We, our brains fill in all the information that we don't have with the information that we want it to be. And that's just human nature. I did it the other day uh, at the store when uh, I saw the, there's, you know, these lipsticks uh, were on sale and I said, oh, great. I love this lipstick. I'm going to grab one. I get to the counter. They're like, no, only this color and that color. I said, oh, and she said, it's on there. So I went back and looked. Sure enough, it was on there. But I really wanted all the lipsticks to be on sale, <laughs> you know. And so we, our brain just fills it in. I talk about that as well, about um, online dating. Um, the faster that you can get on the phone or get on a FaceTime or meet in person, the the more the less time your brain has to make up this character that you would like this person to be and you get the real data and you know if you're looking for someone who has a great heart let's say like look for the facts write them down i have one client writing down actions because you know uh, there was a lot of love bombing in the beginning. That's a term you'll hear with narcissism as well. These grand gestures and, and you know, it's about the chase and, and then um, they've got you hooked in, right? How can you, once your brain hears like, I've never felt this way before. I've never saw myself before. I, you know, you've changed my mind about love or, you know, grand audacious romantic gestures that leaves an imprint on your brain. And it, it is especially it is, if you never experienced that before, or your last your last relationship or the last couple didn't live up to that or didn't give mm -hmm. that amount of love. Yeah. Like you might have been the giver, the giver, the giver, and not the receiver as much. And then all of a sudden somebody comes out the blue and they're showering you with these illustrious gifts and all this attention, only for the mm -hmm. to feed them later on. You know what I'm saying? One attribute mm -hmm. about another attribute about a narcissist is that they hog up the, all the conversation talking about how great they are. So then they flip it like, oh, I do this and I do that. That's why, you know, just to make sure that people don't put me in that category, I always try to limit. I don't know nothing about you. Oh, so how do you, what's the balance? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> mm. Yes. I, I say that um, if you want to be in a relationship, you need to be a curious person. You need to like, right? Like you need to have some um, desire to know another person, to ask questions about their life, to, to understand them deeper. Um, and if you're, if you're on a first date, second date, um, and, and you're doing all the talking and, and they're not asking you any questions about yourself, first give a pause. Because <laughs> all of us can be, you know, talk too much sometimes, right? Especially if we're nervous. Uh, but give some, give some pauses in the conversation because maybe, you know, they're looking for an in. Maybe they're a little shyer, a little more introverted. Uh, maybe they're not sure what to say or what to ask. But give some, give some room and, and see if they're curious and interested about you or caring how your day was. And if they don't, I mean, ask yourself, do you want that? Do you want the next, you know, however many years, if you're looking for like a, a partner, is that what you want every day? How does that make you feel? Check in with your body, center yourself. The body has the answers. The body holds trauma, the body holds joy. I think that we, we kind of shut off our bodies sometimes, but it can give us some really great information. Indeed, indeed. Another attribute that we find, they feed off your compliments. Ooh, tell me more about how much you like me. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> yes. And, you know, I think a lot of it, too, is what they'll do to get the compliments. Right? Behavior that will put them in a place where people, oh, you're just so amazing at that, or, you know, all of that kind of uh, 
behavior, attention-seeking behavior. Mm -hmm. Right. Indeed. Needing indeed. to be the center of attention. Right. But who doesn't want compliments? I think compliments, you know, you know, I think there's a balance, you know what I'm saying? I mean, who doesn't feed? But I mean, that's, that's kind of a tricky one because who doesn't feed off of compliments? I mean, if that's their love language, right? You know what I'm saying? Words of um, admiration or whatever it's called, you know. Affirmation, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I like admiration too. Yeah. Oh, no, that's what I mean. No, no I hate that. You know, I think we could go, yeah. <laughs> I think we can go back to like these, these behaviors when put together really get in the way of them having uh, healthy relationships, mm -hmm. right? Patterns of, if somebody has no, like, you know, they don't, they can't tell you a good friend or they've sort of left this wake of, of, um, you know, burned bridges or, oh, I don't talk to them anymore. Oh, we had a fight. Oh, this or that. Too many of those, right? Um, and I think you're, you're, I like to say, I like to use, you know, we talk about red flags. Actually, I heard a quote the other day. I don't know if you saw it, but it said, if you have rose colored glasses on, red flags just look like flags. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. That's a great, I, I love, I love analogies and visuals. And red That's lights look green. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> right. You can't tell. But I also think it's really, it's really good to, to identify the green flags and I'll, I'll, you know, I'll talk to clients like, well, that sounds like he apologized. <laughs> he was mm. able to listen. Okay. That's a, that sounds like a green flag to me. Yeah, and then there's yeah. sort of like yellow flags, like, okay, let's, let's, Let's just see what happens. Like, is it time? Is it you need to have a conversation? Uh, nothing wrong with compliments. I think maybe um, compliment seeking behavior when it kind of feels all consuming, like the person gets angry, right? Or your whole, I don't know, your whole date is about, you know, people admiring or noticing, right? Your partner. That's where maybe we're going to raise some yellow flags. Yeah. Indeed, and I guess, indeed. can I say, like you said, this is tricky. Can I just say to everyone, I don't think there's any, there's no shame. There's no shame in realizing like, oh, I think that maybe my relationship doesn't feel healthy. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe the person I'm with is showing some narcissistic traits or, or even just like not emotionally intelligent. Right. Like, I don't like, I don't think they're really good about being in a relationship um even abuse you said you worked a lot with abuse like you know it doesn't say it doesn't mean anything about you as you know as a person if you find yourself in one of these relationships i think what we're just trying to help is trying to stop them before they start um or recognizing the signs so that you can decide if you want to end that and and find something that feels better so no shame, no, no shame. No shame, no shame. And no stigma regarding getting help. When you feel the need to get help, when you feel the need to reach out for support, please get it. There's no, mm -hmm. no, should be no shame or stigma associated with it. For example, I'm a therapist who sees a therapist. I believe that if you're a therapist, you should see a therapist. And if you don't, I think you're doing a disservice to the mental health field. No shade on those who don't that don't seek therapy and they have it all together. But this is America, 2022. Yeah. I advise you to get therapy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Check in with someone. Hundred percent I agree. So they also want another attribute about them is they lack empathy. Tell us more about this. What does this mean? Because honestly, I don't know how to live without being empathetic. Yeah. And so it makes sense that you're in the field you're in. So empathy, we also talk about emotional intelligence and well, let's, let's start with empathy. Empathy is the ability to put yourself in someone else's shoes and kind of guess, wonder, understand how they might feel, or even just the act of trying to put yourself in someone else's shoes and try to understand how they might be feeling or, or understanding a situation from their vantage point to stand to, and then to um sort of validate that feeling 
uh, even just to be able to step outside of yourself is the first step um, of empathy. And emotionally intelligence, the true definition of that, which EQ is talked about a lot. And I love the research that's showing what we know is that it's important to every facet of life, your job, uh, your relationship, everything. Uh, emotional intelligence is your ability to step out of yourself and empathize with what someone else is going through uh, and the ability to see that in your own self, right? You need to be able to see that in your own self first. You'd be able to connect with another person and put yourself in their shoes. And then the third component is to have the skill to be able to navigate the communication between you two and any conflict resolution that arises. Uh, so, so one part of that is the empathy and empathy really is at its purest form is the ability um, to put yourself in someone else's shoes and imagine what they might feel like. And um, um, yeah, someone that's suffering from narcissist personality disorder, that's really difficult for them. It's really, really tough, and they don't show a lot of empathy or compassion. And one theory behind it, right, is that the narcissist's um, self-esteem and their self-image is so fragile that um, that is why these de defenses are so strong, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so they're not able to show themselves compassion and therefore cannot show it to another. Great point. Great point. I love that. I love that. Thank you. <laughs> they don't have. Any... I wish. I wish I had that for my therapy sessions, right? When I just bam, just hit the mark. Like, yes. Thank oh. you. Thank you very oh, yeah, much. Have, you got to get some of these buttons right here. You get them from Staples, and you <laughs> click on them, and it says different things. Like, hey, yeah, that's it, girl. Woo, yeah, woo, yeah. <laughs> okay, I need one. Staples, <laughs> That's great. They don't have any or many long-term friends, so they, their friendships are strained. So it seems like they, their whole focus is on you because they don't have no other way for them to diverse their attention, right? Yeah, and you know the whole cluster of personality disorders um, in the DSM, which is you know just just a big old manual that talks about different symptoms of different, um, you know, diagnoses. Did you just but... say it was a big hot mess? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you for that interpretation. Yes. Um, and, you know, Ooh, it's... That... <laughs> yes, you can tell how we feel about... Um... <laughs> That's good for therapy, too. No, I didn't. I wasn't kind to myself. <laughs> uh, this whole this whole list of, of diagnoses have a difficulty in maintaining relationships. And yeah, I just I would be curious, right, about anybody before we go, you know, diagnosing. But if you're wondering about someone you're dating, if if they're if they're not able to keep long term friendships. You need the same skills to keep up a long-term romantic relationship as well. So, I mean, you know, different. we're differentiating, right? So some people just have one or two good friends. Um, some people, you know, are shy. Some people have a difficulty relating. Uh, so I'm not saying that, you know, it's a, it's a red flag if someone doesn't have that many friends. But if you notice, if you're, if you're, if you're listening, you can pick up on some of these things and really notice. Also, I I also say, uh, like having a roommate, like friend. I was about to say friendships are practiced for your romantic relationships. So you want someone you're dating, like to have some good friendships, right? That they've been practicing. Uh, on before they met you but also like roommates I always say if you want to be if you want to live with somebody like romantically go get a roommate first and 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 then you'll because if you don't if you go from like you know having your own place or your parents house to living with someone that might be a little bit of a shock <laughs> you know practice on somebody that you're not trying to sleep with just saying <laughs> 
<laughs> Not practice sleeping with them. Practice living. Practice like <laughs> negotiating the dishes, negotiating who's going to clean. Damn, son, where'd you find this? <laughs> <laughs> okay, and then they say they pick on you constantly, so they always find something to nitpick around. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You don't clean up enough. Oh, your hair looks awful. Da da da. These clothes look like shit on you. And girl, what's up with that fupa? You know what I'm saying? No, I'm sorry. There's different things. Um, because I wonder if that's really just because by making you feel less than and making them feel, themselves feel better. And because their sense of self isn't isn't very internalized, it's not very strong. They are decide they they find their value in the people around them. So you need to be perfect. So it really comes back to them, right? Um, yeah, and very controlling. I mean, I've heard so many terrible stories of you know, you know. Um, People not being able to get haircuts because they'd get yelled at if they cut their hair, you know, by their, you know, partner. The, all different things. So, ah, uh, yeah, yeah, and that's gonna wear. And and then if you if you are questioning your value or your self esteem, those can feel very true, can't they? Someone starting to pick, and and next thing you know you're really doubting yourself. And then that makes it even more difficult to say, Hey, I don't deserve this uh, treatment or, Hey, maybe I could be in a healthier, this doesn't feel like love, you know, right. but there's always just enough, right? There's, cause we talk about, you know, the cycle of abuse where there's, you know, an incident and then there's the honeymoon phase and then things go back to normal. And then there's the triggering incident and then the blow up and then there's the honeymoon phase. Right. And so, sometimes people don't even they don't pick up on it right they're just trying to get through to the next crisis or or whatnot so um that's another cycle that would be really helpful to be aware of early on indeed indeed mm -hmm. they gaslight you this word has always thrown me like what is <laughs> <laughs> I mean I know I actually what it taught means, it to a client the other day for me. Just, they gaslighted me what? <laughs> yes. Please put me out. Please prove you know the true definition before you. No, use I don't. It. I don't even again no, not you. Not you. I mean, I mean, clients who are learning, you know, on social media, which is great. That's that's the thing too. Like, okay, I'm glad that people are talking about gaslighting in in pop culture, right? That's that's really right. When I started out as a therapist. My first clients had no idea the term self-care, no idea. And now, you know, I sort of have to sort of retrain people about what self-care is, but I'm glad it's being talked about. Same thing with narcissism, same thing with the term gaslighting. And I actually had to explain it to a client because they didn't know the term. And um, I was trying to remember from grad school, the story about, it was about like, um, somebody smelling gas i think this is this is where it came from and they're like no 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 you're like you're 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 imagining things but basically it's someone who if you say hey the house is on fire they're like no i don't see it or um you know you lied to me or you were um you were texting someone no i wasn't i was blah blah, blah. and and somehow they spin it so that you start to um you start to to doubt yourself like i just saw it with my own eyes how are they trying to gaslight me on this one so um yeah i think i think where it can be misapplied is whether you're just having an argument or someone sees something in a way that's different than you do right that's if it's true like well you know i felt the waitress was being rude. I didn't think she was so rude. You could validate that your partner felt disrespected or, you know, but you can have a different opinion. Um, but gaslighting is really trying to convince you that something you pretty much know is true did not happen. And some signs of gaslighting are you no longer feel like the person you used to be. You feel more anxious oh. and less confident than you used to be. 
You often wonder if you are being too sensitive. You feel like everything you do is wrong. You always think it's your fault when things go wrong. You are apologizing often. For what? You have a sense that something's wrong, but you're not able to identify what it is. You often question whether your response to your partner is appropriate, and you make excuses for your partner's behavior. That are signs that you have been gaslighted, sweetie. Yeah. You doubt yourself. Oh. You doubt yourself, and you. He has contributed to your insanity in, in which you then live in your own insanity. But you're not crazy. They are. <laughs> Man, I was, I was feeling sad. Yeah, just hearing that list, I was sad for that person that's going through that. Because I think, right, and... We're trying to um, um, be be sensitive to people who are called crazy, right? And using that as a mental health slur. But when you're being gaslit, you do feel like, am I losing my mind? Like, is there something wrong with me? It, 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 am I, right, just like you said, being too sensitive? Or am I the one that's wrong? Like, I just, I'm doubting myself. I'm not sure what's right anymore. Yeah, that's that's a sign that, um, yeah, things aren't going so well, huh? Another sign is they dance around defining the relationship. Well, you know what? I ain't even going to lie. I've been guilty of this my damn self, and I'm starting to wonder if I'm a narcissist. We don't go together, but yeah, we, I want all the attributes of being in that relationship with you. But nope, I'm not your boyfriend, though. <laughs> mm. Now that I look at it, ooh, I really feel bad, and I think I'm going to have to apologize to my ex about that. Mm. <laughs> where's this Where's this apology coming from? You're stupid. Well, no, I just did, I just did a show about this. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well, I think that self-reflection shows that you are not um you're not suffering from nar narcissistic personality disorder. I don't uh, only need um, four or five of the attributes to be it, right? I done made like five or six Look, you know what? I think, right? We're not we're not diagnosing anyone. We don't we don't want everyone to go out there and everybody thinking, "Oh, my my partner's narcissist." But these aren't these aren't great things, right? In just these aren't signs of healthy relationships. And if your partner is willing to work on things and listen, you know, some of these things can be a person can learn to to have more empathy. There might be reasons, right, why they're dancing around the, the relationship status. Um, you know, we talk about attachment theory um, and some people that are more on the avoidant attachment side of things have a harder time with intimacy. And so um, I also talk about direct communication. I'm trying to bring I'm trying to make direct communication sexy again. OK, I don't know if it ever was. <laughs> But direct communication, it would help everyone who's dating. I talk, I talk about dating smarter, not harder. And one way that you can find power in this wild dating situation we have on the internet, on the apps, is direct communication. If you're at the point where, hey, you know what? I'm not okay, just kind of like, oh, I don't know what we are anymore. Direct communication. Because it'll give you the information you need to make a decision. It might feel terrible to find out that they don't want to move forward or that they're going to dance around it, right? But it's giving you information. And then you can decide, do I, is this, do I really not want to do this anymore? This feels like I'm wasting my time. Or, okay, maybe, maybe he or she, maybe he or she's got something to work out. Maybe checking in on therapy, right? Maybe it's just a conversation. Uh, 
But also there's power play stuff in here. So if it feels like, right, if it feels like a weird power play where somebody's holding all the power because they don't want to define the relationship. Yeah. That's kind of toxic shit too, right? They <laughs> <laughs> think they're right about oh. everything and never apologize. See, that's not me right there. I apologize all the time. That's right. <laughs> I, 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 I can vouch for you there. <laughs> Ooh, yeah. I think I think this is one of the toughest ones. The empathy and never being wrong. I right. feel like right. Those are a, those are like the death punches <laughs> to a relationship. Yeah. That's all you want to say about that? Uh, no, <laughs> I was pausing because I'm not. I'm, I'm trying to not be a narcissist too. I'm trying to let you talk. No, no, no. <laughs> you could be narcissist. Hello, we're famous. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, right before we started, I, I had asked if you had seen the show Inventing Anna, which is on Netflix mm-hmm. right now, about um, mm-hmm. sort of the socialite. Um, and I mean, we've we've seen we've had some pretty high profile people, you know, showing some narcissistic behaviors recently. Uh, but where's your easy. Buddy? <laughs> easy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you know, you, so even, even higher up than that. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I look forward to um, freeing up some of my time this weekend to check it out. I hear I'm hearing nothing but rave reviews about it, and the trailer is absolutely amazing. So that's <laughs> what's the name of it again? And so on Netflix, what is it again? Uh, Inventing Anna. Inventing Anna on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Yeah, check that out. <laughs> they panic when you try to break up with them. But damn, I did that before too. Shit, goddamn. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I don't know if I panic. I just felt some kind of way about it. Is that the same? <laughs> no, no. And I think this is great, right? I think this is great that you're talking like this because, again, we don't want to overdiagnose, right? Narcissism if it's not it. But sure, right? But again, in the show, every time somebody was starting to like see a crack or, 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 um, like she's about to get kicked out of another hotel, I hope I'm not spoiling too much. Um, there was this great panic and a great uh, emergency. Like everybody had to stop what they're doing to fix her situation or, you know, she creates just this anger storm um, to not get rejected. And again, when, when you feel like you have no sense of self or a very uh, weak sense of self um, over your own goodness, um, it's almost on bearable for someone to reject you can i put it out there too um you know people with adhd um sometimes they can feel um self-centered sometimes and that is different than narcissism and that's a different um you know with adhd there's some like hyper focus uh um, and so that can feel sort of like self-absorbed, but that is not like that's different than narcissism. Um, there's also something called rejection sensitivity dysphoria, which really affects people um, in that feeling rejection very deeply. Right. So just just some differentials there <laughs> while we're talking about this. Are we going to bring it back in? We're going to get it back to the to the regular people. Shit, damn fuck. All right, we back. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. 
a little bit. Something that's over my head. Not as <laughs> And when you show them that you're really done, they will fuck your world up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You gonna break up with me? Oh shit, motherfucker! Damn. Here we go again. Mm-hmm. It's not a pretty thing, you know what I'm saying? What they'll do to try to win you back, thinking that's gonna win you back. I mean, if fear is gonna bring you back, then you definitely don't need to be in that situation, right? Uh, yeah. I sometimes say that like the nar- narcissist can't can never lose, and so they will burn the whole they will burn the whole shit down. So you don't win. They will burn the building with themselves inside, barely get out because they can't lose. They can't lose. They can't lose. And so they will fight. Um, so there's lots of books. I think I think I think the title's Disarming the Narcissist. That's a good one. Um, um, but yeah, they they can't they can't lose. And so you have to expect um some some real yeah some real acting out yeah so you're dating a narcissist now what how do you how do people stop themselves was well, they're already dating one how do they squeeze themselves about that situation you know like the transformers <laughs> you know what I'm saying like, well, I mean, yeah. what, do need, what do they need to do to write one, seek therapy, right? You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Because honestly, they might blame themselves for the situation that they find themselves in because one, maybe gaslighting influenced the way they were thinking, cognitively mm-hmm. skewing their way of seeing the world, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's a good, that's a good vogue yourself right out of that situation with the help of your therapist for sure. You know, I think, like I said, like, like we, I started out in the beginning. If you're, if you're, I think you have to know that you, you have to figure out a way to really get it from your head to your heart, to your body, that you are not deserving of this behavior, that you, um, that you don't want to be there. And, um, I think sometimes that takes time. I think, you know, there's usually some codependency possibly, which is another word that maybe we should probably define well, but I like to say that like codependency is really about when I start feeling responsible for you and I don't let natural consequences happen for your actions. And so then I'm enabling you and I don't realize like, wait, that's, that's not on my side of the fence. I gotta, I gotta worry about what's over here. I can only be responsible for my actions and and my values and how I, I, I move about the world. I actually can't control someone's reaction. Right. And that's, that's a really hard one. So sometimes first it's about, um, understanding boundaries and cause I see a lot of people who feel for whatever reasons, traumas, um, society, they feel very responsible for the people around them, for their partners, for how people feel, people pleasing, right? Disappointing people um, and not letting natural consequences fall for people's behaviors. I also think self-compassion, which is different than self-esteem. We get self-esteem by doing esteemable acts. If you want to feel better about yourself, go go do your dishes. (laughs) You go check off something. Go do something at work that, right? Um, Those are esteemable acts. But that rises and falls on what we're doing. But self-compassion sees yourself as a full person and that you're the collection of all your DNA and your ancestors and um, knowing that you are deserving of love and compassion regardless of your behavior and that you deserve love and respect just because you, you're you here, whatever whatever your spiritual beliefs may be, right? You find that your, your worth in, in that higher power or in just you being here and being you. And then, and then there's, there's just strong boundaries and making some decisions and looking at, okay, what might the future look like without this person and who am I? I mean, I've worked with people that have been in relationships, you know, for, for, you know, decades with someone and that's, you know, you have to, that may take a little bit of time. 
But at the end of the day, it's about centering yourself, asking yourself first, well, do I want to do that? What do I need? What do I need today? What do I want? How does this feel? What's good for me? Will I be able to do that for someone? Do I have the margin? Do I have the resources to say yes? And even with that information, then we go into the world and then we compromise with the people that we're in relationship with, right? Um, so centering yourself, knowing what you want and need, being in tune, noticing your body when you're with certain people, right? If you're still in that dating phase, but you know, um, you're really nervous when you're around the person that you think you might be in love with. Um, you're getting stomach aches. Your your muscles are all tight, right? Those are those are the bodies trying to tell us something. So the more that you can center yourself, the less power someone else has over you. Or to make it all about them. Indeed, indeed. Before we go, we're going to do a round of this or that. Are you All ready? Right. Are you uh, I think so. Yeah. I am. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Puppies or kittens? And why? Puppies. Why? I think, I think because dogs are like, they're just so earnest they're so happy to see you that's the kind of energy i want from a partner i don't want a cat who's like why are you here that's not good relationship energy i'm just making this up dogs have better relationship energy than cats i said it i said it i said it okay respect Reese <laughs> cups or reese's pieces Mm, uh, I don't know who invented Reese's Pieces, but I feel sorry for them. They're just gross. Yeah. In my opinion, in my humble opinion. I mean, mm -hmm. this is your this or that, so it's all <laughs> right. <laughs> yes, totally <laughs> Reese's Cups. Okay, okay. Yeah. Fitness foals or career goals? And why? What's the first one? Fitness foals. You know, being focused on fitness or being focused on goals. So you have to say foals and goals because they rhyme. It's like a rhyme thing. Ah, okay. <laughs> fitness goals, yeah. Or uh, what's the second one? Career goals. Mm. <sighs> well, okay. You know, you have to marry on that. Why do we have to choose? Why we can't have the best of both worlds, right? Well, you know, I work with a lot of young professionals who are in, you know, Silicon Valley, San Francisco Bay Area. Mm. And like, I, you know, you know, capitalism really only cares about you if you're if, how much you, 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 you produce for them. Mm. So I'll, I find myself often saying your company doesn't care if you wear out your whole body trying to do this this job for this company it doesn't care about you at the end of the day it's not going to care about you somebody needed to hear that message today uh and so i would say fitness say it again. Say it again. Say it. <laughs> at the, at the mm -hmm. end of the day your company no matter how much it says you're a family it is not going to be there if you wear out your body full of stress and and toxic you know toxicity it's not going to be there for you so uh i'm going to say fitness goals without but i'm very anti-diet culture though so i'm going to say move your body find joyful movement uh and that will take care of you <laughs> good listener or good conversation and why that's a hard one i can't believe you're I can't believe you're making me choose. I will say that. I'm a narcissist. What do you want? Because <laughs> one of my pet peeves is people who who can't, who aren't good listeners. Mm -hmm. So I would say you can still have a good conversation with a good listener. Yeah. But if someone's not a good listener, it's not going to be a good conversation. So I'll go with good listener. Thank you for helping me clarify my values. Morning person or night owl and why? 
Man, we have moralized morning, morning people like, you know, that, oh, the, the secret to every CEO success is getting up at 4 a.m. or 5 a.m. <laughs> so I'm yeah, I wish I'm not. I, I It's very difficult for me to wake up so early. So I always wish that I got up so early and get out everything done. So just for that, I'm going to say night owl. Yeah. I, yeah. I can that. But yeah, I mean, like you said, I've been seeing so many books and so many YouTube videos about um, top 500 such and such wake up mm -hmm. at four in the morning. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. like, damn, I don't wake up to 730. Leave me alone. There's some research done that like and, and I and I was like, oh, I had a job where I started at 10. I think I was like 10 mm -hmm. to 630. And mm -hmm. I felt, I remember feeling so good then. And there's some mm -hmm. research about that, 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 that there's some good hours. So do what, know your body, do what's good for you. If you have ADHD, you might not, you might get your, you know, do your best thinking at nighttime. You know, you're, you're on a different clock. And if you're, if you wake up early, wonderful. Good for you. Indeed. This is the last one. Cause you know, I know, you're, busy. I know you're a busy lady. Okay. Sense of humor <laughs> or sense of style. And why? Well, I know the answer. 100% sense of humor. Yeah. yeah. 100%. For me, I knew that I wanted a life filled with laughter. It feels good. It releases all the good chemicals in your brain. You have to be you have to be smart to be funny. Mm. Um and I think it's just such a welcoming like all encompassing, right? If you're telling jokes or if you're telling funny stories and bringing people in, it's it's an embracer. Um, but style is also important. Let's just say close second, close second. <laughs> tell people about so this is love.club and tell them other ways they can contact you if you feel comfortable with that. Sure. Yes. Yeah, so um I am a marriage and family therapist in the state of California, and I'm also a dating relationship coach, and that business is called So This Is Love, um, where like I said, I, I want to help everyone who's trying to love and be loved. Um, I do have individual coaching, and right now, um, my, my group is a small group coaching program for women called Reset Yourself for Love, and look, Looking for love is a tough journey. You need your hiking boots. <laughs> you need to pack some snacks. You need to you need to call some friends. Um, it it is a tough journey, and uh, I've had so many clients just say, "That's it. I need to get out of the dating game, and I need to just uh, focus on myself for a while. It's not working. I don't know. I just need to focus on myself. I gotta I gotta work on some stuff." And so I created this course, this group support kind of system. For that very reason, what should, sure, if you feel like you're, listen to your intuition, if you need to take a break, you need to focus on yourself, your intuition is telling you that, follow it. That's awesome. What do you need to do? What is going to set your, what is going to set yourself up to find the love you want? Also, I'm, I, I want to break the stigma of being single because it's something that none of us can control. You can't control the single seasons in your life. You can certainly, and you're going to have single seasons in, in your relationships, out after your relationships, before your relationships. So I want to take the stigma away from that because there's a whole bunch of people postponing their lives because they think that, that it really doesn't count unless they're partnered. It really doesn't count until someone chooses me. And I just think that's a big a big scam. So I want to, I want to kind of help women just live just like adventurous, wonderful lives in any season of life. And let's get real clear on what's not working and, and how we need to reset yourself for love. So you can find me uh, at, so this is love.club and you can, you can actually just get a free, you can, there's a free resource in there and the first step to resetting yourself for love. You can find me on Instagram as well at so this is love.club. And again, I'm Valerie DeLugo. Thank you so much.
Yes, and that was Valerie DeLugo, LMFT in California. And she was, her theme is Stop That Toxic Shit Before It Starts. Check her out at SoThisIsLove.com. That's ThisIsLove.com. Oh, I'm sorry. This is love.club. Yes. <laughs> so this is love.club. See, we're so conditioned to say yeah. .org, .net, yeah. .com, that there's now new domains out like .club, .social, .tech, .podcast, .this, .that. So my mistake. So this is love.club. Because club. When, you're in love, when you're making love in the club, <laughs> that's love. <laughs> If you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown. Oh, if you haven't already, please subscribe to the More Than Therapy podcast featuring hit shows such as, well, these interviews, of course. <laughs> and that's the More Than Therapy podcast. Please subscribe by any way in which you push play to listen to your favorite podcast. And that's the More Than Therapy podcast. Thank you, Valerie. Thank you for Thank you so much. It was great being with you. You too. Be well. Be great. But remember, when it comes to this podcast, you are never, ever too late.